Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Two Scene Podcast. Welcome, first time listeners, to the Two Scene Podcast, the podcast where two journalists sit down and talk baseball. I am your host, Tyler Foy, and alongside me today is my wonderful co host, Camilo Fonseca. And we did one online formatted uh, podcast, and we said, you know what? Let's stop doing that, and we are Didn't in, come out very well. We're in yeah. studio, for me, studio number three, I guess, now. Uh, hopefully, it's going to be around for quite a bit, but we're just we're trying back. to inject new life into this podcast, so right. every, time, every time there's a change, we'll, we'll let y'all know. Every, like, three months, we release another episode. Right, uh, and there's a reason why we specifically decided to come back today and that is because every single year when you reach that midsummer point there's something special that happens in july and that is the all-star game unless we're talking about 2020 no no all-star no game All-Star. 2020 wasn't special don't remind <laughs> me of 2020 <laughs> Not because a... there was nothing that i would need to remember from that year besides a pennant i mean come on uh, well. listen <laughs> listen i think that you should be a little more proud of what that team i'll take the pennant Uh, that 2020 tampa bay rays team was fantastic um i would just rather not remember you know the the disappointment that happened at the end of that season um but you know everybody's disappointed a lot of times like uh me right now (laughs) (laughs) with my current tampa bay rays i don't think you should be that disappointed over that tampa bay rays either but that isn't what we're here to talk about different conversation we're here to talk about the all-star game the rosters just dropped this past week and we're going to go through a little breakdown on our opinions on multiple different topics within the all-star game uh from its voting to the actual players inside the game itself uh, and just the festivities that's going to be coming with the Midsummer Classic. Uh, so why don't we get into some of these players? Yeah, I mean, we're we're just going to run through the rosters real quick, and then give, give a, a couple, little breakdown, a couple after. quick notes on the each each player, people that we like, people that we don't like. I think we I think we each have our own unorthodox opinions about this, but I think on the whole, I think it was a solid. There's not a lot of star people... roster. There aren't a lot of people that I think you take a lot of issue with no no not at all not at all but running through it starting with position players we're going to be going and announcing each position for both leagues at the same time uh the starters we got in the american league alejandro kirk as the catcher and for the national league wilson Contreras. um yeah i mean that's the the one thing there is uh wills i think it should be wilson's brother i think william Contreras has put up the better numbers this year than wilson but they're both having great years i you know it's a solid pick alejandro kirk is really i think the only option for the american league right and and jose trevino is the backup which we're not getting into backups just yet um but there's been a little controversy on the uh reserve infielders in that regard uh for the american league uh, moving to the actual rest of the infield now, the first baseman on the American League side is Vladdy Guerrero Jr., who's caused a little bit of a storm because of somebody that might be left out that might sh- that maybe should be there. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt is the first baseman on the National League side. I like the Paul Goldschmidt. He's having a fantastic year. I mean, absolutely stunning to see um, just... I feel Paul Goldschmidt has always been like a really... He's been a 
amazing defensive first baseman as well as having a offensive side that definitely deserves maybe a little more respect now but he's been elite on the offensive side of the ball and he definitely deserves that that spot for first base in the National League. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's a shame because the the reserve infielder is um, the reserve first baseman is C.J. Crone, I believe. Um, and then I think Pete Alonso is there as as uh, D.H. for the National League. Not important. Um, which is a shame because I think this is a is a historically strong year for National League first baseman in particular. Uh, because no Josh Bell. Um, and that's some something that some people were saying was a snub. With Josh Bell's having a great year, um, I would have personally put him over Pete Alonso. But you know, if CJ Crone, I think CJ Crone is the only Rocky on here, so I understand why you have to give it to him. Um, so yeah, it's a shame that no Josh Bell there, but I think that's a good selection. Paul Goldschmidt, easy uh, National League pick. I think that that there's no real I mean, controversy there. MVP candidate. Uh, for most of the season, I don't know how people are rating him right now uh, in that conversation, but uh, he's been outstanding. And then moving to the second base position, Jose Altuve will be starting in the American League. And Jazz Chisholm Jr., the Miami Marlin, will be sitting at second base for the National League. And I'm excited to see that um, because Jazz Chisholm is just such an exciting player to watch now, isn't he? I mean, he he gets uh he definitely gets fans into it and he has a lot of fun celebrations. Um, obviously second base isn't a position that I can say that has too many amazing candidates for an all star team, but I think these two go hand in hand. Um yeah, I mean the obvious snub here is, and I don't want to get too much into snubs because we're still we still have to get into that. We didn't mention one big snub that uh yeah. uh we we kind of brushed over. We'll get to we'll get to that one. Um, no Aussie Albies. Yes, no Aussie Albies. Um, which is, is a bit hurts me. I'm a big Albies guy. I, I do love the way that he plays. Um, but we'll, once again, we'll get into snubs a little bit after. So at shortstop for the National League, we have Trey Turner, which was I mean that was my pick. I I there were there were a couple different candidates. Some people were saying Dansby. Um, Dansby's a reserve infielder. Um. Yeah, I like Trey Turner for the National League. I think that's the right pick. Um, and the AL shortstop is Tim Anderson. Also, I didn't think Tim Anderson was going to get it, but I'm glad he did because I think he, he deserved it this year. Um, I think this is a career year for Tim Anderson. So, it's um, yeah, I, I like that a lot. And uh, Andres Jimenez got uh, a nod in as well. Yeah, which I was worried also wasn't going to happen because I think he right now is one of the most underrated players in baseball. Um, so I'm really glad that he got a, a look in at least as a reserve All Star player. Right, and and not that I feel that um, you know he is a, an absolute um, utility guy. He can play each of the second base, shortstop, uh, third base. I don't know what they credited to him uh, for this reserve infield spot. Um, but he's been having a great year on a Guardians team that I feel like um, has been performing really well, uh, but hasn't really gotten talked about a lot because everybody's talking about the Yankees. That's yes. just how fantastic yeah. they've been performing, unfortunately. Yeah, but it, I think he, that you know, this Guardians team, like you said, is a team that not a lot of people are talking about, but it really, I mean... Uh, it's been the surprise, I think, of the AL Central. 
Um, and I think a lot of that is because of, of, not exclusively, but it's because of the performance of Andres Menos. Hey, does that mean that the Guardians won the Francisco Lindor trade? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. The Guardians are, are oh, and we were talking, I, I think at the beginning of the season, we were talking about this like with the Brewers, is that they're the team that you never... Like, there are never high expectations for them, but they always manage to perform. I'm starting to go that feel that way for the Guardians, and the, the former Indians as well, is that they... I I can't remember a, uh, a time uh, where anybody has expected them to do well since, you know, I think, like, 2018, 20... That was, like, the last era of, of those strong Indians teams. But they've been con- consistent since then. You know, it's been surprising. I don't remember. What were they last year? I might be completely misremembering that. I don't think they had quite a year think, last maybe year. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe um, I'm wrong. Well, this year at least, they have been a surprise. Yes. In a, once again, an American League Central that is notorious for its um, lack of competitive. No, they, they, got a, they came in second in the AL Central. Uh, I mean, I guess they... With a losing with record. With a losing record. Sure, sure, sure. I, we're Once for, again. We forget we're talking about the AL Central. Notoriously uncompetitive. <laughs> um, American League Central. At least in recent memory. I want it's, to okay, so it's by. it's competitive. Mm-hmm. At least this year, it's been competitive uh, intradivisionally for mm-hmm. that division championship. Maybe not so much outside the division. But yeah. Anyways, getting off topic. Uh, Xander Bogarts, obviously, is also... Um, a reserve infielder, uh, shortstop. Right, I like that pick. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm, I, I'm sure you like that pick. I'm always a fan of seeing more socks inside. You know, the All Star game, and um, he definitely deserves it. Um, maybe you know the fan vote didn't help him out to get that starting position, but I'm also not a person who really um cares who starts and who's on the bench because everybody's gonna play and. Um, I have my own opinions on fan voting. Once again, you have we'll get mm, into okay. It. We'll we'll get into that. I'm actually curious uh, your opinions on. I I didn't realize Xander was a. I didn't realize that was a fan voting thing. But uh, yeah, let's move on to third baseman. Uh, in the AL, we have Rafael Devers as a starter. Um, and in the NL, we have Manny Machado. I like both of those picks. Um, yeah. Well, I don't like Manny Machado like as a player, but I oh yeah yeah sure 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 it. sure. Um, not um, a big Manny Machado guy myself, but uh, I do think that they are that there's not once again I I don't think that there would have been a snub for this one. Um, I think there's people maybe that are third basemen that deserved to be reserves potentially, but I think they did it right. I mean, Nolan Arenado is the um, reserve. For the mm-hmm. National League side, no Austin Riley, no that's, Austin. That's Riley. something that I've heard some people say is a snub. I don't know if that's. I don't necessarily think it's a snub. It's really close, though. but it's yeah, it's close, uh, and that's that's for for dang sure. Yeah, and that's I guess that's another thing where it might be a question of of name recognition. I don't know. And the race between Rafael Devers and Jose Ramirez for the starting role was actually really close towards the end there. Uh, Jose had a tremendous start to the season, I think, if we all recall that. Um, But I think Devers has had the more um, successful to this point. And then moving to the outfield. 
a lot of people are on the board for outfielders, um, but I think they did it right once again with Aaron Judge definitely making the cut. He's been the best player, one of the best players in baseball this season, and just outstanding play on an remarkable Yankees team. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, to hear you say it. Um, and then Ronald Acuna Jr. on the other side, who missed a was it a whole month of the season? I don't know how much Ronald Acuna missed of the season, but he definitely was out for quite some time there at the beginning uh, and still managed to make it in on um, the voting. In fact, he was leading Phase 1 in the National League when it came out, and I was pretty surprised that he was getting so many votes that early because he wasn't playing that much. But he definitely, you know, is Ronald Acuna Jr. So uh, he was going to be my MVP pick when we were going into the season. Uh, I think he was out a little longer than I thought he was going to be. But it is a little difficult to see Ronald Acuna leading the voting so much. Not that it matters who gets the most votes while also having so much downtime uh, this season. Uh, yeah, so we also have Trout. I mean, obviously. That one, that one wasn't hard. It, it was a question of whether I think Trout was healthy this season. Obviously, he has been. So He's been doing really well, and, and so has um, his partner in crime, Shohei Otani, which is also in this, and he's going to be DHing. But that Angels team, I tell you what, when we recorded that episode, they were in first place in Oof. that division, and we were saying, man, I wonder if this is going <laughs> to hold up, if this is going to continue. And I have to say... Did not. It did not continue. Hey, but and Trout we're... and Otani got their two. They got their two uh, All Star picks. So that's what's important when 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 Shohei hits free agency. That's what's going to matter. Whoa, that's a conversation. <laughs> that's a whole own. other conversation. But Mike Trout on the American League side, and then Mookie Betts as well is another outfielder that makes it into it. And um, I, I'm pretty happy for Mookie to to get another All Star appearance. Another person who has kind of struggled with injuries uh, throughout parts of the season uh but has of course done the right things and he, he leads um the national league outfielders in war and in ops and he's just the best candidate for for that and yeah i'm happy to see him out there yeah no good he was my he was my first pick for uh a starting uh, outfielder and i'm yeah i mean another easy pick um the third uh national league pick i was kind of surprised to me jock peterson Jock didn't Peterson. think that was going to be... I didn't think he was... He necessarily had a... He, he certainly has a strong all-star case, but I didn't think it was super clear-cut for me. Uh, but, I mean, I'm glad he's there. I think he's he's a good outfielder, for sure. Yeah, Jock Peterson's had a uh, a pretty great season. He's been in a, a couple fights for fantasy football, and that's been quite is- interesting to follow. Um, but... Jock Peterson is um, that power bat, and I wonder if he's going to be in the in the home run derby again this year. But I don't have much to say on Jock Peterson. But there is a lot to be said about the season that John Carlos Stanton's having at the Yankees. Uh, the Yankees have been healthy. He has been healthy, and he's been tearing um, as he does. He's been tearing the cover off the baseball in tremendous fashion. Really, I mean, the, with the the way that he hits home runs, he hit another home run today against the Red Sox. Unfortunately. Uh, I did watch that one live. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think this is another one. It was just a question of whether he was going to be healthy. 
Um, and really, I well, think that's that's for all the American League. All he's also had, you know, he's he's been a player that does struggle a lot with the the strikeout, the three true outcomes of baseball. Um, but I think mm-hmm. he's finding a lot more outfield grass this year on some of his line drives, and it's actually changed the way that he hits. Is actually much more line drive base. Um, I mean, it's been like a transition that he's been doing over the last few seasons, but you can really see it in 2022 that he is going for the the more line drive launch angles versus that kind of fly ball um, moon blast kind of home runs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I, I agree with you. <laughs> I don't know what, what more there is to be said there other than the Yankees have, have their hitting coaches as he's going to get a big payday next time his contract is up. Um, before we move on to DH, uh, let me just run through the reserve outfielders for each league. In the AL, we have uh, George Springer. I do like George Springer. Uh, not a big fan of when he hits home runs against the Red Sox, uh, but he is uh, he's going to be maybe hitting a home run against the National League All-Stars. Byron Buxton. Injury-prone player, once again, not getting injured through the season. Actually finding success. Mm-hmm. Here's a fun one. Andrew Benatendi. I didn't think this was going to happen. Uh, of course, I didn't think this was going to happen. I, I, It's tough to, to to take, right? You know, you, you trade a player <laughs> away, and then he is one of the best hitters for average in the American League, one of the best outfielders. Uh, an all-star reserve. I don't know whether or not this is going to keep up for Benatendi, but his contact's been outrageous this season. Uh, Kyle Tucker. I like this one. This is a... This is a uh, well, I'm a big fun. Kyle Tucker fan in terms of just the way that he hits and, and his um, swing path and everything that he does. Um, not a great fielder, I guess. But Kyle Tucker definitely is a person that I think deserves to be there. But not as much as the next person on this list. Yes. Who will not be there? Unfor- I don't think so. Is Jordan Alvarez. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he deserves to be there. Um, I, I, you could even make a case that he should be DHing over Shohei Otani. Because you Shohei Otani is gonna be most likely starting the game. Uh, we'll get it. We'll get into starters. We'll get into start. I've got some opinion. You know, I got some opinions on on the starters. But I think I don't know if I agree with it. But I think there is a a valid argument to be made that Jordan Alvarez should be DHing over Otani. Um, mm-hmm. but he, I think he got injured like two days ago, and I don't think he will be able to play in the All Star game. And for the Seattle Mariners, the last outfielder on the American League reserve list is Julio Rodriguez, who is there because he's an outstanding hitter, but also because the Mariners needed somebody to represent them. Who else could the Mariners have gotten to uh, represent them? Hmm. That's a crazy That's idea. a great question, which we'll, we'll talk about in a little bit. But I wonder, is there anybody else on the Mariners who's all-star caliber that wasn't on the all-star team? Hmm... On the National League side, in the reserves, we have Juan Soto, who's having a um, great, a, a pretty good season. I don't think it's Juan Soto standard, which is no. pretty incredible because he's you know one of the best hitters. But in terms of consistency wise, I think he's he's slugging a lot more this year than he normally does. His on base percentage, this guy is a machine on getting on base, which always helps his OPS. But I feel like his consistency in offensive output. Uh, is a little bit on the downside, but that's once again just talking about how great of a player Juan Soto is. Kyle Schwarber also in the reserves for the National League, another player that the Red Sox let go, let walk, although 
I mean, I don't know if I could have predicted this because Schwarber did have a fantastic year last year, and he's. But I feel I think it was a, a hard judgment call for uh, re-signing Schwarber um, because I feel that he has been a little bit of a up and down roller coaster of a player in his career. Um, so although he had an amazing year, I do not. It, it hurts to see somebody that was in the organization perform elsewhere when you could have signed him, <laughs> but it doesn't hurt me entirely that he is doing so well for another team, especially because he's not a long time Red Sox. He was there for literally like two months of play time because he was injured, maybe even less, but he had some pretty legendary moments. Yeah. And I, he's, it's not like he's been a long time Philly either, <laughs> no. um, but in his short time as a Philly, he's been like, I think he leads the league in, in home runs for an outfielder. Um, yeah, 28 home runs. Like, that's nuts. Um, also, you know, he's an outfielder, but defensively. Defensively, like, sure, 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 sure. Which I would love to talk about the Phillies entirely, but that's, that's another time. If not for the defensive aspect of his play, I, th- I would say you could probably put him over Jock Peterson, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, Starling Marte. I like it. I don't have much to say about Starling Marte. I don't really pay attention, I guess, to to Starling Marte's play enough to make a um, really educated comment on him. I can just say that another Met that's in the reserves, there's three of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ian Happ, which any other year, you tell me Ian Happ is an all-star, and I'd be like, he's only there because the Cubs need to have a player. Um, But he's been having... You know, a solid year. I don't know if he's it's it's a I think it's it's a career great year. I don't know if Ian Happ is a is going to have an all-star career, but <laughs> he's he's putting up the numbers, so I think it's a, Yeah, a he's solid an all-star day. this year. And there's no doubt about it. This isn't just a as we say, um this isn't just a diversity pick. Yes. They need the teams. Right, right, right. Um all right. You want to get into the, pitching? Well, we got to say Shohei's the DH in the American oh, League. Oh, we did say that. The but DH, Bryce Harper yeah. is the DH in the National League, and he's injured, so he's not going to be there. And actually, William Contreras is going to be DHing uh, for the National League. We also did not touch on Jeff McNeil being a backup, um, as well as um, Travis Darno being the backup catcher. I did not mention that earlier. And then we have two other reserves that are legacy picks. That we will have a, you know, why don't we just have this full-on yeah, discussion about the legacy now? All right, yes. let's do this before we before get into we get starters. into pitchers. Miguel Cabrera in the American League is, and Albert Pujols in the National League are going to be all-star reserves. Uh, they're going to get one at bat, most likely, um, and we're all going to have to cheer um, because they're old. <laughs> you know, I love me some Albert. I love me some Mickey. But this decision is, I think, one of the dumbest decisions that, well, Manfred's made a lot of dumb decisions. I shouldn't say that. But it is not a, I don't know. I just don't see the rationalization for it. It's, because an all-star game, look, an all-star game is supposed to be the best players at that particular point of time. Not the best players who have had great careers that are in the league. Because you know what we do with players who have great careers? You know what, what what we have for them? It's called the Hall of Fame. That's what that's how you honor players that have had good careers. Not the All-Star game. 
that like they are completely different categories like I, so i don't understand why you feel the need to honor these great they are great players with great careers i'm not knocking albert or miggy but they are not having all-star career or all-star um uh seasons so why you include them with the best talent currently playing in the major leagues right now it's they're the odd men out and everybody knows it and they're just there like you said to get the one at bat to get the cheers and to sell more tickets at the stadium but i think what's crazy about it is at least for me okay i can't speak for the entire uh baseball fan base but i don't think like if this was like a ratings move it this wouldn't push the needle for me to be like oh miggy's gonna be batting albert's gonna be batting this last season well i gotta watch his last all-star game no i'm gonna watch their regular season because if it's albert pools last year he said it was his last year last year and then he's back here again for another one-year ride so i don't know i mean he's had a quite depressing retirement tour um but <laughs> but I feel like I'm going to watch Albert Pujols in September. I'm not watching his last All-Star appearance, especially because it's it's not like it's in St. Louis. It's not like it's in Detroit. It's in right. L.A. Right. So it's not, I don't know. The, the There's no justification that I can give other than to fill Detroit's one uh, All-Star spot. It makes sense for that end, I guess. But that's not true because Gregory Soto. Because Gregory Soto, right. Um, which, so why why would you have, I, I'm speechless. I don't, I don't think it is a good idea. I think it ignores the point of the All-Star game. Because you can have, uh, like the point of the All-Star game is you can go to the All-Star game and not be a Hall of Famer. Everybody knows that. Like, so many people on these roster that we just named are not going to be Hall of Famers. And that's okay. Because they're different they're different metrics like they're doing different things and i don't understand why you would try to combine it. there's just no there's no sense in it to me it's something that superficially makes sense but when you think about what it actually means it's it's pointless well said i don't think i have many more comments besides um when it comes down to it and they are done with their careers they're gonna have another all-star appearance on their on their legacy, right? And if we do judge players, and I'll get into this in the, the fan voting, and I think they did a great job, the fans, this year. If we do get into Hall of Fame voting later in careers, and we have to talk about this guy was an eight-time All-Star, this guy was an 11-time All-Star, these things kind of add up if you're a, like a borderline right. Hall of Famer. And these are the conversations, right, that we should be having for the Hall of Fame, not for All-Star Games. We shouldn't be using past All-Star Games to justify current All-Star Games. That's true. Anyways, that's my two cents. Anyways, they're there because Manfred said they can be. Right. Um, Manfred says a lot of things. Piece of metal. Uh, <laughs> okay. We got some people on the pitching side that have won some pieces of metal. Uh, starting with the American League um, starting pitchers in no particular order. It's just whatever our list is right now. Uh, Justin Verlander, who's had a great year, and he's won a piece of metal. Literally. He that has, was the season. He has, <laughs> he has won a piece of metal. That's true. Uh, yeah, so Justin Verlander, 
great pick. Alex, let's just run through all these because yeah. I think all of these are people that in general deserve to yeah. be here. And we'll give like a little piece. Alec Manoa, outstanding this season. He has absolutely torched the Red Sox. I don't know if he's torched the Rays too, but I mean he's I mean he's torching every batter out there. What a comeback season for Martin Perez. Yes. What the season. heck is happening to all these people that leave the Red Sox? <laughs> I'm losing it. He's another one that if you tell me another year that Martin Perez is an all-star, I'd be like, oh, he's, he's just there because he's, you know, he's filling the spot for the Rangers, which he is. But, I mean, he deserves, he has certainly put up the numbers to yeah, be Yeah, he's not an just that right. um, safety pick. Right. Um, but Shane McClanahan, why don't you give your little two piece on this? I will give a little bit right now. This guy is outstanding this season, isn't he? This guy, Shane, y'all, y'all don't even know my love for Shane McClanahan now. He is the one bright spot on a very frustrating Rays team right now. The one, I should say, the one consistent bright spot. Yeah, I mean, Shane McClanahan, crazy, crazy year. He's leading uh, the AL in ERA. He's leading in whip. Um, he, he's just fantastic. Like, I'm, I know we're not doing awards predictions now. That's my Cy Young pick. And it's been from the beginning of the season. And I think it, unless he falls off dramatically, I think he will be at the end of the season. Because he's having an incredible, incredible season. I think he should start this, this, like, start the All-Star game. Um, and we'll, I, do you want to get into that now? No, I think we'll get name all the pitchers. Name all first, the pitchers. Okay, we'll fine, say who sure. Should start. Framber Valdez, the Paul fifth... Blackburn. You have something to say about Framber Valdez? I was just gonna say he's the fifth Astro on this All Star team this year. Um, just kind of speaking to how well that they've been performing ever since the last time our podcast came out. I feel like we we said a lot of things on there that possibly set a course. For these teams to just do better or do worse based on of our uh, opinions. Paul Blackburn, which if you told me Paul Blackburn was here because they needed an athletic, I would have told you, yes, yes, he yes, is. That's, In fact, that's probably when I true. read the name Paul Blackburn, I'm sorry for maybe not paying attention as much to baseball this year as I might have should. Paul Blackburn. But I didn't know who he was. Paul Blackburn is the starting pitcher because Frankie Montas is injured. That's the reason. And I, I'm i a big Paul Blackburn fan. I like Paul Blackburn. I have him on my fantasy. Um, <laughs> like, I, like I said, I am not trying to take away Paul Black anything from Paul Blackburn, who has been having a good season. But he is very clearly here because they needed an athletic, and Frankie Montas is injured. That's it. Garrett Cole is another one, another Yankee on this list. I mean, spectacular season. In fact, there's another Yankee on this list as well, Nestor Cortez Jr., Which, who's also done fantastic. Who it, uh, he has done fantastic. And I think I don't mean to take anything away from Nestor Cortez Jr., but I did see that I saw this take earlier, and I think it's true, is that he rode a lot of the recognition from earlier in the season when he was leading the league in ERA and whip and whatever. Because in his last couple of starts, he has not been, let's say, the same Nestor Cortez. Right. I think and his I think his ERA in the last six starts I think that is, happens. is five like it's it's like a five point three four ERA. Which, you know, that happens to a lot of pitchers. He is certainly still a great pitcher. Um 
I wonder if he is taking the place of another pitcher who I think you were talking about for the AL. Right. Uh, Dylan Cease, I think, is an absolute snub. This guy needs to be inside this roster right now, Manfred. Put him in legacy right now. Dylan Cease, how about that? Because I think he's... he's and Logan Gilbert, too, as another guy that I didn't mention uh, to Camilo earlier. But when we were, you know, pre-drafting this, this podcast. But these two players, I think, absolutely deserve it. What a season Logan Gilbert's been having in terms of last year. He wasn't... He showed some signs of, of some great pitching uh, for the Mariners. But I feel like he had some difficulties uh, with the ERA and, and giving up home runs. And, and this year he's kind of um, cracked down on that. And he's had a great season in, in that regard. Uh, and then in terms of Dylan Cease, I think that he's been better in terms of overall pitching, in terms of getting more strikeouts, walks per nine, hits per nine. I think that he's he's kind of shown that. And I think they both deserve to be on this list, definitely more than Paul Blackburn. Um, but Yeah, well, yes, absolutely. Um, again, big Paul Blackburn fan here. But yeah, I we'll talk we'll talk about that. The relief pitchers... Uh, this is actually where most of the um, team picks end up, uh, which is not so much the case, maybe more the case on the National League side, but I think um, all the relievers actually have had great seasons. Uh, Clay Holmes, another Yankee. Uh, Emmanuel Classe for the Guardians. Gregory Soto for the Tigers. There's actually another player on the Tigers that's a reliever that actually could have taken that spot that is considerably better than Gregory Soto, which is Michael Fulmer. Um, but and then Jorge Lopez for the Baltimore Orioles. Really, that's the take we're going with <laughs> Baltimore Orioles. <laughs> we recorded that a couple times, guys. So you'll have to while we were trying to remember what team Jorge Lopez was on. Yeah, just a, a team pick for the um, Orioles. But he's had a pretty good year. I mean, one seven four ERA is always going to be. Uh, up there with some of the most competitive relievers. Uh, what a weird season he's having because I have to admit, Jorge Lopez, I, I remember him as a royal, which is what we had to cut out, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> and I, I remember just him not being that great of a reliever, but hey, he's he's picked it up and he's blown a few saves this year. Uh, but that Orioles team in itself has, has picked it up in general. Uh, but that is your American League roster. Now we got to get into the National League starters. And we're going to actually run through these guys a little quicker because, wow, we love to talk. Um, Sandy Alcantara for the Miami Marlins. Uh, Tony Gonsolin, who has been absolutely outstanding for pitching. Um, just mitigating damage um, is, is his main game right now. He's, he's leading the ERA, I'm pretty sure. At least he was the last time I checked. And no losses on the season. Absolutely fantastic season. Eleven and zero. I mean, um, what? <laughs> that's a that's a big fantasy pickup uh, in that I have in Tony Gonsolin because um, he's he's been great. Another Dodger, Clayton Kershaw, also great year. Surprising, I didn't think he was. And he doesn't need a legacy pick, anyway. Sorry. He, yeah. <laughs> um, Corbin Burns had a rough start to the season. Figured rebounded, it out. Yeah. Rebounded. He's second in well. WHIP uh, in the National League, which is great. Luis Castillo. Um, when you're on a team like the Reds and you need a red, well, there you go. He's had a good season. I don't think it's it's not a bad pick. I don't think. 
Um, the National League, though, the issue is the National League is just crammed full of pitching pitchers. Because um, there are people. I mean, Aaron Nola doesn't get a look. I've seen so many people say Zach Wheeler and Zach Aaron Wheeler. Nola. Aaron right. Nola, yeah. Um, and they so let's run through the other two spots: Max Fried and Joe Musgrove. Both, I think, deserve to be there. Um, the problem is there's so much good pitching in the National League. Yeah, I mean, you don't even realize that. Um, I mean, when we're talking about Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler, I think are legitimate people to leave out, whether you agree with it or not. Um, it's a solid pitching league. Um, I think we've seen solid pitching all over the place this year. And we we're going to talk about that on an online formatted podcast, but we did not. So uh, about how the run scoring production was down at that time. We've seen some really good pitching this year and no sticky stuff. So it's not, it wasn't the sticky stuff, I guess is what I have to say about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe for a few people, but it seemed that after a full off season of, of being able to throw without having any of that on that, uh, they figured it out and, Mm -hmm. and they maybe, the less rotations help them mm-hmm. actually have some more control. Yeah. Um, in the relief, in the bullpen, Edwin Diaz for the Mets, Josh Hader, Milwaukee Brewer. Some people are, are saying that um, Devin Williams should have also been here, which he's not. He's had a pretty good year as a, as a reliever. That Milwaukee bullpen, always very scary. And then moving on from Josh Hader, which is a very – Household name at this point for relievers. Uh, we get into three relievers in this bullpen that I feel like not a lot of people know. Uh, even I have fallen into it for, for at least two of them. Uh, Ryan Helsley for the Cardinals is having a spectacular season in comparison to his previous year. Mm-hmm. And it's I think relievers can be so year to year and, and be weird like that. But he simply hasn't had that much success in the major leagues. It's only his fourth season and in that first year he only got a couple tries uh, to prove himself Um, but wow I mean his ERA has been I think the lowest from any reliever that I've seen and I I did not look fully into relief statistics so I can't make um, the most educated comment on that Uh, but David Bednar for the Pittsburgh Pirates now he's a he's a really good reliever and he's a great lefty arm for the, the National League pen. If we're talking about matchups right now, uh, they needed that lefty in their bullpen. They got two of them now in there. Great for them. Uh, maybe the National League will, will look to actually win for the first time in, what is it, eight years now? Mm-hmm. Um, but, I don't know, the American League team is very strong. Um, David Bednar, though, he's the only pirate on the list. He's the only pirate that I'd actually give an all-star to. So Yeah. I agree. And then to round out the National League, Joe Man- Mantiply? I think it's Mantiply. I don't know. Mantiply. Once again, a name that I hadn't known until the this roster dropped because maybe I haven't been paying attention enough to baseball this season. But um, another guy that just has done well in his relief performances that hasn't had that same success in previous seasons. And I'm glad to see him getting recognized for what he's done this year, along with other relievers on these lists. And that's your all-star team, and we've talked quite a bit about these all-stars and not enough about the snubs where we can really get into those nitty-gritty. But we left 
our biggest snub off of the entire conversation to this very point so that we could acknowledge the existence of Thai France. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He's going to be a great player. Probably going to be a Hall of Famer. I'm very early in his career. Probably a Hall of Famer. He's not an all-star this year. And I'll tell you why. Because in every offensive category, batting average, OPS, on-base percentage, slugging, he is behind not one, but two American League first basemen, Ty France and Luis Arias. Now, Luis Arias, we mentioned, is the reserve first baseman for the AL. Ty France, who has the best numbers in the entire uh, American League for first baseman, doesn't get a look in at all, uh, which... You know, I, I'm sure we're not the only one saying this. It's atrocious, quite frankly. That Ty France is Ty France should be the starting first baseman, and it shouldn't even be a competition. I think, again, this is not to take away anything from Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who is having a good year. He's not having a good as, he, as good of a year as he had last year. And he is most definitely not having the same year that Ty France is. So I don't... The only reason that Vladimir Guerrero Jr., got the starting nod for first baseman in the American League is because of fan voting. Which we are going to go over. I feel like we could have a really long-form conversation about this, but we are hitting the end of the episode. But I really do want to cover our opinions on fan voting um, in this episode. Uh, and, and we might run over a little bit over our typical runtime but hey we're listen okay you guys get one podcast every two every, months every two months exactly and you should feel happy what do you, that what, do you what do you think about fan voting I, I i've made clear my opinions on fan voting i used to be um a fan of it when i was a little younger when it was kind of becoming a thing because i'd like to go on and i'd like to lose my little votes i'll be like oh i'm helping out pick uh the all-star this is exciting this is fun maybe I'll have a contribution. And you do. You do have a contribution. But I can't say that every single situation is positive for fan voting. In fact, fan voting is not helping us reward our best players in the league for their performances. It's rewarding our favorite players for their performances. Exactly. Um... Which you can say, the other thing is, is what is the All-Star, how serious should we take the All-Star mm, game? Right. Is it supposed to be, you know, for the fan entertainment to see all your favorite players play? And, you know, these are all the, the, the greats that everybody looks up to, all playing on the same field. Is it for the entertainment value, or is it to truly recognize that these are the best players in the league? Um, and I don't think there is a right or wrong answer, but you need to pick one. Like there, it should be clear what they the picked, all, they it, did pick one, they and, and they one. did pick one. Yeah, um, but it's a shame because people will use all star games as um, as a piece of evidence in saying which players are. Better than better each other. than each other, or they use all star game like all star appearances as Hall of Fame evidence or whatever. Which, if you treat the all star game as a as a purely entertainment based thing, purely for the fans, which again I don't think is inherently bad. I'm not sure you should be using you should be pulling the all star card in that way. Again, if the fans, I I'm not 
inherently opposed to the idea of fan voting. Especially because I think they did a fantastic job. With the rest of the roster, yes. I I don't think... Really, the only snub that I thought was egregious was Ty France. Everything else, I think... The only snubs that I thought was egregious was that Blackburn's on this dang roster right now instead of Gilbert or Cease. Right, 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 right. But I, I think if the fans put together their team that they want to see on the field, that's fine, but we can't blindly assume that these players are automatically the best, even though a lot of them are the best. But that shouldn't be the be-all, end-all for determining the value of a player in a given season, because in this season, Ty France is having a better season than Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and that is a fact that is borne out in the numbers. Yeah, and I, I also don't care. I don't care who's starting and who's who's on the reserves when it comes to all-star appearances. It's cool because starters typically get you know two at-bats. They'll get more innings. Uh, if you are that, that one pitcher that goes out there, you're going to get the first two at least, right? But at the end, when, when we go and, and their careers are all set and done, we just look at uh, they were a five-time all-star. It wasn't – they were – uh, a four-time starter and one time on the bench, you know. Mm-hmm. It, I don't think that really matters. Maybe it matters year to year to, to some of these players and to some fans. They want to see their favorite players start. But I think being awarded uh, All-Star and to be a part of the press uh, press run for that is, is more um, what I care about when it comes to players being in the All-Star game. And I don't really care about who is um, reserve or starter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think th- I think that's a good distinction to make as well. The other thing that you were getting at is that if we are trying to distinguish between the entertainment aspect and the you know the player value aspect of it, we have to look at why are we automatically giving spots to every single team when they have players that may be taking spots from players that are more deserving of an all-star caliber or that have had more of an all-star caliber season than these players you're talking about paul blackburn again love paul blackburn Um, he's having the best season of active players that aren't injured on on the oakland athletics that's he's having an all-star caliber season but the qualifier is only for players on the oakland athletics that are not frankie montas who is injured like at one at, at some point you have to step back and and and, and we don't know right because like there are players on here that we don't know if they were you know necessarily put there just because of of representing that one team I I had a oh Julio Rodriguez does does the do the players actually value value Julio Rodriguez as an all star player which is entirely possible. Or are they just putting him there because they needed a Mariner there and they decided not to put Ty France there for whatever reason? <clears throat> right. Um, it, so it, it muddies the whole water when you're having to give spots to different, to every single team they when they might that. not be deserving. I am completely against the, since 2018, this has been a thing, by the way. If you don't know, and I feel bad because we, we have been talking about it quite a bit. We didn't explain. Uh, since 2018, every single team, all 30, have to have a player representative at the all-star game that is there just to for some teams that are just there to uh smile and wave and um i'm sure that it's great for marketing because every team can actually sell an all-star jersey for a player 
Uh, I'm sure it's great if you're a young fan and you're trying to get into the game of baseball and you don't really have a favorite player yet, but you have a favorite team. And even if they aren't so great, there's somebody on the team that is able to be an all-star and you're able to see them with the rest of the best players. And you get to learn some of these names that I hadn't known before that are actually having decent seasons, um, some more than others. Paul Blackburn? <laughs> some more than others. <laughs> that, um, and I think that's good for the game in that regard. But for how I value the All-Star game, which, once again, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about how do you interpret the All-Star game and mm-hmm. how should it be interpreted? Uh, and I'm not going to tell you how you should interpret it, but how I interpret it is that this needs to be the best of the best diamonds that we could put together for this season. Once again, not a career thing. It is this season. It is the 2022 All-Star Game in Los Angeles. Why shouldn't it be the best players, okay? There's there's no reason that the All-Star Game should be a pressed thing besides the fact that it just makes more money for the league Mm-hmm. business getting in the way of of, uh, of talent really yeah i mean i don't know if if because there is the fan dimension is that there is more i mean there is obviously it does make them more money but on the fan side more people will be engaged if their favorite players are there even and, if those players are not deserving to be there and more fans are going to be engaged if they voted for a player to be there right they're going to be engaged in the sport because fans are looking at uh, once the voting drops, right? Um, they get to then scan. Some people put their votes in right at the beginning, the Nestor Cortez conversa- uh, conversation, right? Some people, mm-hmm. right as soon as voting opens, they're like, oh, I'm going to go submit my ballot, which there's a whole other conversation on when you should submit your all star ballot, uh, to me at least. But. It, it does get people to turn their heads towards baseball when you do have fan voting. I'm sure Which, it helps with ratings a little bit. Right. And you, I mean, you mentioned, this is kind of a tangent, but the whole idea of fan voting is kind of undermined by the fact that you can vote multiple times, as many times as you want, as many, like five times, a, like, I don't know, I... I don't know how truly representative that is. So even if we are saying fan voting is the way to go, I think... They need to figure out how to do the fan voting in a way that is more truly representative of the fans. You know what they need? They need physical ballots. <laughs> they need physical ballots mailed out to every MLP uh, com account. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I think, like, like I said, I don't think there is a wrong answer. But I think the problem is is that nobody knows, or everybody has a different idea of what the right answer is. You know, you just made me think about how in the future, if, you know, MLB starts going down on the ratings, little MLB subscription, <laughs> you can vote for the, the only people that can vote are people with subscriptions. That's scary. That is a real scary thing. <laughs> oh my God. Now that, you, now that you said it, it's going to happen. I'm very startled that Manfred is going to pick that one up. Mm-hmm. I hope I get some royalties. <laughs> uh, don't worry, you won't. <laughs> so that's been our piece on the um, All-Star Game, and I think uh, definitely towards the end, we finally got to get in a little bit of a 
debate style, um, arguing how the all-star game is put together and, and how it should be a representation of the best players in the league once again. And it is. I think that they've, once again, this is... For the most part, it is an outstanding... Not even for the most part, because it's not like... Even the snubs, they're close. They're... they're exactly. And and I, I just think that... Baseball fans, we did a good job. We did a good job. Except for a couple people. But Except we did a, a good job. We did a good job. Yeah. It was out of our hands. The other thing is, I think, I think we... That we have to remember is that baseball is the only sport that has a real all-star game where people actually play and care big fan of the pro bowl (laughs) (laughs) big fan of the pro bowl um it doesn't now we didn't talk about that but you know the all-star game used to have a purpose and i think it's better off that it doesn't have that same purpose anymore um that it decided who got home field advantage um maybe more leagues do need an incentive for players to perform more uh, in all-star <laughs> games um but i think that they, they they do it right in that sense where that's not a thing anymore but it is true this is one all-star game uh in the main american leagues that people actually perform they might not put their heart on their you know sleeve and they're out there um some do. Some, some like Jared Walsh made that diving catch last year. That was pretty fun. He never played outfield in his life, and he made a sliding catch. The last time I went for a sliding catch, I hurt myself. Ooh, so yeah, it was. Um, but that's uh, it's a impressive. Bit of a turf burn there. It's pretty yeah. impressive how somebody can hurt themselves sliding. Uh, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> that has been the end of this episode of the Two Scene Podcast. We appreciate you guys for tuning in. Uh, especially because we don't upload too frequently. So if you were tuning in, then you must be truly loyal. It's like a good wine. It's um, it's it. The more rare that it is, the the more valuable. But it doesn't. One is. It doesn't get better. Is the but it doesn't thing. get better. It <laughs> in fact it gets worse, worse. over time. The because longer that you go without listening to it, it just gets outdated and. Not even the podcast gets outdated. We just get worse because we <laughs> don't know what we're talking about anymore. Mm-hmm. But guess what, guys? We're here for the summer. We're in the same city again. We're here. We got shifts that we're working. We understand each other's schedules. And I think I, there's a higher probability that we will have a lot more episodes on this second half of the season that we'll be working on. I uh, already have a few topics that we are going to be discussing. Some big events. Once again, July is one of the biggest months for baseball. America's pastime and we're very excited to talk about it and, and really make it more of our lives again um, with that being said if you enjoyed our takes I can't say that we're either of us are too active on sharing our takes on just baseball uh, but we do have some pretty interesting Twitter accounts uh, you can find me at Tyler underscore underscore Foy and Camilo you can find me at Fonseca underscore ESQ on Twitter and on other places, probably. Well, we thank you for tuning in, and we look forward to seeing you guys again next episode.